we're that demographic, right, of people who folks say we're the most apathetic, we don't turn out. Right. So, and I hate that because we obviously care about this stuff. Hi, thank you for making time to chat with me. Of course. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. So why don't we start by you just introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about what you do. Sure. So my name is Marissa Carenti, and I serve as an elections coordinator at the Orange County Supervisor of Elections. And so what that means is my particular role in the office is I coordinate early voting. So everything from working with the site, figuring out where we're going to be located, managing the logistics of that, to working with the staff and the teams that we bring on to work at each early voting site. And then during early voting, I work with a team of people here in the office to try to troubleshoot any issues that might come up out of the sites. I think we have like over 200 different staff members that are constantly in motion working at the 16 early voting sites that we have across the county. So all across Orange County, Florida, there's 200 workers just dealing with early voting alone? Yeah, and you know, I probably, I probably wow. should know that number more specifically, but there's a lot of different moving parts going on right now. So the first question, I guess, is what is early voting? For someone who is just brand new, thinking about maybe an 18-year-old, this is their first time voting, early voting means what? So I'm originally from Rhode Island, and I think my first voting experience was in Maine, where I went to college. And so I had never heard of early voting until I moved to Florida, and I immediately fell in love with it, my favorite method. But here in Florida, there are three different ways to vote. So there's obviously Election Day. Then there's vote by mail, which is called absentee in some places which is when they mail you a ballot and you can put it back in the mail. So it's voting from home. It's super convenient for people. But then early voting is the third method. And here in Florida, there are laws that say when early voting can happen. So at a minimum, it's a total of eight days and eight hours each day, but it can be up to 14 days, 12 hours each day. So it's a period before the election, because again, when our founding fathers created the election day model, they weren't really thinking down the road to how busy our lives would be on a Tuesday, right? People have families and jobs and other obligations. And so early voting is a period when it's open through a weekend, maybe two, like it is this voting period here in Orange County with different hours. So folks can go to an early voting center on a more convenient schedule, not just on that one election day. And the other thing that's nice about it and makes it convenient is that on election day, you have to go to your specific precinct or polling place, but with early voting, as long as you're registered in that county, you can go to any early voting center in that county. So if you live near one and you want to pop in on your lunch break, you can go to that one. If you're driving home and you see that, oh, I'm going to pass by the Renaissance early voting location, you can swing by there and do that. There's not like an assigned one like there is on election day. How are the schedules determined? So if they hear now that Orange County is this schedule, that might be different for their district, right? Yeah, and that's really important, too, because UCF is right on the line between Seminole and Orange County. So our days are the same. We're both doing the full 14 days that we're able to. So we started last Monday, the 22nd, and we go through Sunday, November 4th. But our hours are 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., and Seminole counties are slightly different than ours. And so really it's the supervisor of elections for each county. It's an elected position, and they decide what's best based on the needs of their constituents. And then also we're using tax dollars here to make all this happen, so making sure that we're being good stewards of taxpayers' money as well. Yeah, it's very convenient to have voting on campus at like UCF when there's so many students who don't have vehicles. 
or aren't from this area originally. So it's really nice to have the convenience for the students and the staff to be able to go and use the early voting location here. I think the first year early voting was at UCF was 2014. Mm-hmm. And this is the first year that it's been back again. So Correct. this is a po- this is a positive one. Um, and just for those who are listening who go to UCF or who are in the area and you're registered to vote in Orange County, you can come to UCF at the Live Oak Center and it's nearest to parking garage B. I think they have free parking if you're coming to vote and you can go out without paying to park. So that's convenient. So that's early voting. The second one, I think it's a vote by mail. That's the one you're talking about. Yep, vote by mail is another option. You have to make a request, and if you're registered here in Orange County, there are several different ways that you can do that. There's information on our website, which is ocfelections.com, and it has all this information there. But you could make a request, whether it's online or by calling our office, or there's a paper form that you can fill out as well, and we have those forms available at the early voting location. They're right there over at the Live Oak Event Center in the Feral Commons area at our early voting center there. So you make that request, a ballot gets mailed to you, and then you put it back in the mail, or you can drop it off at an early voting center, or you can swing by our office. We have to have it here in the office by 7 p.m. on Election Day night. So if it's not received by then, it doesn't get batched into the results. This is an important one because a lot of questions have been asked from students who attend university in this area, right? They live in Orange County. They're not registered to vote in Orange County. They are trying to think of the possibilities of how they can still vote in the election. So if we can kind of go over and brainstorm through a couple of those. So for an example, for someone who is from Florida, like say Miami-Dade, it's now October 30th. The first step, would it be to contact or look at the website of your local supervisor of elections website to see what the requirements are for the request to see if you qualify for a vote by mail? If you're a registered voter here in Florida, you qualify for vote by mail. There used to be kind of the misnomer that you could only use vote by mail if you were going to be absent on election day. And that's why they actually Mm -hmm. changed the name here in Florida from absentee to vote by mail. Because if you're a registered voter and that's your preferred method of voting, you can request one. I believe the last day to request one to be dropped in the mail is six days before any election. So that's actually going to be Wednesday. So it's going to be the 31st. That's just because it's too tight of a window to drop something in the mail and then for that mail to get back to whatever that office is. By that point, you would have to go into your supervisor of elections office to pick it up so you can get it in time. So the thing that I think a lot of students maybe don't think about is that where they want to impact change. So I used to work over at Rollins College and did a lot of voting engagement work with students there before I started working here at the supervisor of elections. And one of the conversations I had a lot with students while I was there was, you're going to be here for at least four years, if not longer, and this is your community. You are going to be a part of this Winter Park area and obviously at UCF and that Orlando area. And so, you know, if you want to be an engaged citizen, this is one way to do it. I would strongly encourage UCS students to think about, even if you're originally registered wherever home is, if it's a different county than Orange County, if you live in Orange County now because you live on campus or you live in one of those apartment buildings around campus, you can update your address. You can walk into that early voting center on campus, update your address to that Orange County address, and then vote there. It's for in-state or out-of-state or wherever you're from. You can walk into an early voting location and say you want to change your address. As long as you're registered to vote by the book closing deadline, which was October 9th in the state of Florida, you are able to update your address at one of our early voting centers, yes. 
You can even do it at our election day polling place on campus on election day as well. So I would challenge right. them a little bit to start thinking about this UCF, this Orlando community, as being their community. That's a very good point because they're going to be here for the next Correct. four years, for the next mm-hmm. several years. And so this is important thinking for not just this election, but for the presidential election in two years. If you're going to be here, it makes sense to update your address. And if they want um, to, they can do that over the phone. They don't have to go into an early vote because I know some people don't like to go into an early voting center and then immediately get their ballot and not know exactly what's going to be on it. So they can update their address. They can use our website to find what would be their sample ballot and do some research and then go in to the early voting center on campus and vote there. So what number would they call? 407-836-2070. And then there are different props depending on what their question is. Tomorrow we're having a party at the poll events. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I love that stuff like that is happening. I'm looking forward to it. It's the second one. There was one last week that went well. This is one with the UCF Lufry Institute of Politics and Government and the Orange County League of Women Voters and possibly some other student groups in the College of Science was generous to give us space to do a big party at the polls and kind of a pizza thing and having volunteers come out and be able to answer some of these questions that you're answering now as far as early voting options, questions about amendments, really just be resources to students who have questions to get factual information because Mm -hmm. we want to avoid people having questions and showing up on the day to vote and not be able to because they had misinformation. Mm -hmm. So this is really good information, yeah. So you're voting on the actual day, election day. What should you show up with? What is permitted for you to walk into the ballot booth with? Oh, that's a great question. And it's the same for early voting or election day. So the in-person voting processes are the same. So you need a photo and signature ID. So photo ID, the state is very specific in the statute in what they accept as a photo ID. A Florida driver's license or ID, a U.S. passport, and then a student ID. So I think those are three different options. There are more. There's military ID. There's, you know, there's other stuff. But I think those are three that, I mean, if you're a UCF student, you at minimum should have a student ID. Your student ID can double as your ID for you to go vote with. You don't have to find your Florida license if you don't have one or your ID. If you don't have it with you, your student ID is good enough for you to go vote. So it's a little confusing because it's good for your photo ID, but we require a photo and signature ID, and your UCF ID doesn't have a signature on it. So you would need a supplemental ID that has your signature on it. So let's say you didn't have a Florida driver's license or a Florida ID. You could use your student ID, and then if you have something else, that has signature on it, like a credit card or a library card, or even if you have another license from maybe a different state because you're not from Florida, that has a signature on it, we would take that as well. So that would count, again, not for your photo. Those things wouldn't count for your photo, but they would count for your signature ID to complement the photo on your student ID. For anybody who's listening, the Orange County Supervisor of Elections, you all have a very good website. It's very intuitive and there's links. So if you have a question, because this ID question is very important, mm-hmm. there's a you know a hyperlink to approved forms of ID that you can bring because you hate mm-hmm. to stand in line, right. go to vote, get the time off work, and then you turn around. So please make sure that you have the proper ID before you go in to go vote. Right. What are some of the issues and problems that you kind of come across or had students ask you about? 
And I think we have covered a lot of the questions that folks have. I think the other big one is, and I don't know if it's a question so much as maybe it becomes an excuse Mm -hmm. of, I don't know what's going to be on my ballot and I don't know where to find information to make an informed decision because I don't want to just vote down ballot on a party or I want to make a sound decision. So Mm -hmm. I would just say that there are a lot of resources out there. There are different like voting guides and that kind of thing, especially with the amendments, right? There are. Yes. It looks like there's 13, but there's actually only 12 because one was removed by the courts before all the ballots went to print. So there's really only 12 amendments, even though you start with one and you end with 13 because number eight was removed. But there are a lot of great resources. And like you mentioned, the League of Women Voters is going to be out at the event tomorrow and they have an amendment guide. And so there are a lot of really great guides and other resources out there for students to use to make those informed decisions. So saying that, I don't know, I don't think that's a good answer because this is really important stuff and it's our chance to participate in the process and have our voice heard. And so there are ways. I know everyone is busy. Don't get me wrong. I definitely understand that, especially students. I don't know how they juggle everything that they have going on in their lives with all their different commitments and classes and work and everything. But there are resources out there that make this a lot easier. And another thing we were just talking about, what you can bring into the polling place, you can't take photos or video in there. I think we're used to that selfie culture now, and especially if it's your first time voting, you're excited, you want to snap a photo. There's no mm-hmm. photos in the voting area, but you can use your phone to pull up any voter guides that maybe you studied online or yeah. took screenshots of on your phone. So if you have those resources on your phone, you can definitely use those when you walk in. Just can't take any photos while you're in the room. Yeah, that's a common question of can I bring a kind of a cheat sheet with me or something? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. It's a it's two ballot cards and three sides in total. So the first card is double-sided and the second card is single-sided. So that's a lot of stuff on there, right? So I know I couldn't remember everything. That's why I used my sample ballot. I marked it up. So when I went in to vote at our, one of our early voting centers, I could just kind of transfer over what my selections were. The point that you made, because this is key, so tomorrow is October 31st. That's the last day to update your address if you are registered to vote in the state of Florida, if you want to use your current address to vote in that's that just, district. That's, it's not the last day to update your address. It's the last day to request a vote by mail um, ah, vote by to, mail. to be dropped in the mail to you. Okay. Is there a day on the walk into the district, the, the polling location, and ask to update your address? Is that you can go up to election day, you said? Yeah, even on election day in Orange County, because we use an electronic system. They're called e poll books instead of like paper poll books. So because of that, we're able to do immediate address updates. So the thing about election day, which is again why I'm such a fan of early voting, you walk in to precinct that you think is your precinct, but you update your address and maybe that moves your precinct, right? Maybe that means that your precinct is now something different. So that's why I love early voting because again, as long as you're voting in Orange County, you can walk into anyone and we print those ballots on demand. On election day, we sent out the ballots specifically for that precinct. It's not like we don't want people to vote if they're supposed to be in a different precinct. They only have the ballots for that precinct the way the election system is set up. That's why early voting is so awesome because you can walk in and we'll immediately print whatever ballot you need for wherever you live in the county on demand there. So this year in Orange County, the district, October 31st is the last day to request a vote by mail. To be mailed to you. Yep. You could still come into our office even on election day. Yep. We print them right here and you can either fill it out and give it right back to us or you can walk out the door, take some time with it and then bring it back to us. Is that deadline for the state of Florida? 
Yeah, it's um, it's six days. A request for a vote by mail ballot to be delivered via mail must be received no later than 5 p.m. So that's important too. The sixth day prior to an election, and that's always going to the sixth day. If when an election's on Tuesday, that means it's always going to be the Wednesday before an election. Tomorrow, and if you can't do that, someone can go pick up the request for you and mail it to you. Is that possible? Yes, it is. But I think that. You're testing my vote by mail knowledge here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just thinking about um, like the different options of. Yeah. So it's no vote. designee pickup starts five days before an election. So then that's the Thursday before. So that's still again like your family member could go to that and then they could rush mail it over to you so you get it. Right. But it's still a tight window of time. I really think okay, that it. yeah the best thing to do and again. It might take a little research to figure out the local stuff on your ballot, but the best thing to do is to become a voter within the county that you're currently living in. Because the idea, too, is wherever you rest your head, that's where that's where you spend the most of your time. So that's where you should right. probably register to vote. So that those are the elected officials who are then representing you. But early voting does help you because it's less crowded and the people are less rushed, you mm-hmm. know, and so you have more time. I think that's something I would encourage for students, too, or first-time voters, no matter what age you are, mm-hmm. to go early vote because it's less pressure. I remember standing in line for, like, five or six hours during the presidential election 2016. I thought, oh, I will never. <laughs> this, is <the> <laughs> this is the last time. I'm not ever doing this again. I had, like, my phone went dead. I was just waiting for so long and music could play anymore. I'm like, I can't leave. I've stayed too long. And so we're going to just be here for six hours. So early vote if you can, for sure. Because you don't know what the lines are going to look like on Election Day. Right. That's the thing. And then that's your last chance. So the thing with early voting, you go and maybe there's a line, but you have up until Sunday, November 4th, to go back if for some reason that schedule doesn't work for you. So, yeah, I have stood in some lines before for early voting, but I have never stood in five to six hour lines for early voting. It was brutal. It was brutal. For people on Election Day, just so they know, Election Day is what day this year? And what's the schedule for the polls on Election Day? Any Election Day is always going to be 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. here in Florida. That's the schedule for Tuesday. And the precinct, if you live on campus at UCF, the precinct is it's not in the arena. It's that room that it's kind of like it's like the event room that's like right the next. Cypress. I don't know exactly. We call it the arena because it's attached to the arena, but it's like oh, the old yeah. arena room. The information, the address information, is on the website, though, right? Yeah. Of the precinct. Yes. So if you have a question and that's where you're planning to vote on election day, please do visit the website. But you know, if you are familiar with university, then you can just look up campus maps and find the correct. Yeah. Location. Yeah. If you head to the arena, there'll be signs up there that'll direct you exactly where to go. Perfect. So when you got involved with this kind of work, where did it start? I'm just wondering, as we go over this information of early voting, how did you become involved with this kind of civic engagement work and or voter-specific outreach work? I was thinking about that the other day because someone from my team just had assumed I was a political science major, and I wasn't. I, in college, I was an English major, a history minor, and then I got my master's from UCF, go Knights, and I did mm-hmm. educational leadership. So nothing connected directly to politics, right? Even though I would say everything is, right? Because laws legislate all of those different pieces of our lives. But I think it honestly, it kind of started when I was a kid. I saw my parents voting. I saw my parents getting involved just as volunteers on local campaigns and canvassing. I remember walking, like handing out flyers. 
with my dad for a mayoral race back when I was a kid. And then the school I went to for my college was Bates College up in Maine. And they did a lot of intentional work about student voter engagement and making sure that we were exercising and utilizing our voice in that way. So when I moved down here, I voted and I participated. But then as I got more involved in the Orlando community, especially when I started working over at Rollins College and started doing voter engagement work with students, that's when I realized that I was really passionate about this stuff, especially getting young people out to vote because we're that demographic, right, of people who folks say we're the most apathetic, we don't turn out. Right. So, and I hate that because we obviously care about this stuff. I just, I yeah. think the system is just intimidating, like you said, and it's really hard to figure out the processes. So once you start, the data shows you usually become a habitual voter. Like once you start voting, you will continue to vote throughout your life. So that's the thing. That's why we want to see people starting younger so they continue. So that stretch of time when they're they're voting is longer than if you start like in your later 20s or your early 30s. So. I agree, but it's especially the portion about perception of millennials, whether you're older millennial or younger millennial, but young people um, and young adults who are not engaging with politics in a traditional way, that that mm-hmm. translate to apathy. It's mm-hmm. really not apathy. It's just engaging in a different way. Correct. And when you kind of look at society and culture and news and current events, you kind of understand a distrust that's there by a lot of young people of why well, I remember for instance I had, you know, a lot of push and involvement with kind of just getting out the vote. I'm not really one to talk about who you should vote for or what. Just go vote. Get involved. Find your passion. And so there are people who are voting from all over the street, but I got text messages on the day of the election and afterwards and just sort of the feeling um from some of the people, they were mostly young people and it was like does it really matter if I do this? Does this, you know, what what has all this been about? And I just thought you have to engage the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand the emotion behind it, but you really have to be involved. You feel more empowered when you're involved. And to mm-hmm. see so many young people get involved in like a lot of nonprofit work, they find ways of giving back around politics but they keep trying to circumvent the political system by voting and that kind of stuff. It's like you can volunteer, but you can also vote and really have the things and the issues you care about on the ballot. Right. And I think that's what's interesting about the amendments and the the things on the ballot this year is that there was such a youth-led movement for a lot of those things. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was so many, you know, (laughs) every time you went on campus, there's a petition to sign and restoration for voting rights for excel i mean there was just so much energy around certain topics and it was really nice to see so it's like you when you're around those kind of young people you of course know they're very engaged but it's sort of figuring out what your passion is and letting that lead you down the road of political engagement like you found yours with helping other people get engaged mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly it when you're doing the get out the vote work you are trying to figure out what people's passions are and then connecting that into how that plays out in the political system. So if you care about this, this is why it's important for you to vote on this, right? Right, right. To exercise your right that way. Yeah, that's 100%. What, if any, shift have you seen in political engagement, civic engagement, or interest Mm. from the general student body? Because you know you always have those students who are engaged. But the general, like sort of the overall sense of the political and civic engagement, 
When I think of being an engaged citizen, I think it's like a whole gambit of different things. We talked mm-hmm. about kind of service and nonprofit work, and we talked about voting and that political realm. And I think activism and organizing is another huge component of taking advantage and utilizing your voice in the systems and structures that we have here in our country. So that's a good question about the shift. I think that they're always going to be activists at every college campus, right? Students are being taught to think critically. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that activism piece can come from that kind of an education, right? But I think kind of across the board, you're definitely seeing a wave of, you know, because we did a project at Rollins where we looked at engagement since its founding. So like how Mm -hmm. have students been showing their political and civic engagement? And I remember we read so much around like, the 60s and the 70s connected to civil rights and Vietnam and just kind of the activism that was going on then was very different. I feel like it kind of tapered off a bit and now we're kind of back into that activism and that organizing. I agree. I think that um, I would say my undergrad experience, it was much more niche for the students to be as vocally active. Like you'd have the people in the middle of the, you know, the student campus, like the union or a march maybe here, not really a march, but kind of, you know, as you're walking down the sidewalk, a pamphlet or a a protest sort of song or something, but it was not Mm -hmm. as organized. It was more fringe. That's the word. It was more fringe. Mm -hmm. Since I would say like the last few years, I think it shifted probably 2012. I think after Trayvon. I was just going to say, I think it was here here in Florida. I think it was totally Trayvon Martin. And I think, yeah, Trayvon. And I think even beyond Florida, like Trayvon, that case really in the black community, that it was like a visceral experience Mm -hmm. for people. And that was before. And then the next wave of that, after that kind of was absorbed a little bit, as much as you can absorb something like that, then you had the Ferguson with the microphone. I think you had these situations. And I think those situations, especially minorities and black youth especially it kind of made real some of the stories that you grow up hearing and so the engagement became more there's a more of a language around it as opposed Mm -hmm. to being something you read about right Mm -hmm. like I remember reading some of the books in undergrad and really interested in it but not really thinking that I'd be called upon to participate in something like that you know what I mean it was it seemed a little more removed where the urgency kind of shifted and now it doesn't feel as French it feels like a part of the vocabulary like Mm -hmm. it's a language everyone kind of speaks of protest or activism or engagement or woke or however you define it but being aware of politics is kind of expected in a way Mm -hmm. that feels a little different but I think sometimes overwhelming too for yeah. people you know because oh, yeah. you can't Self-care. consume enough like yeah you, right yeah it's I don't know it, I feel like an energy shift from when I was an undergrad as opposed to now but I mm-hmm. I don't know I wouldn't say positive negative but I do feel like it's less fringe to be politically active like if someone said when I was 18 I'm going to go protest this weekend I'd be like what down take it down enough what now i'm like oh so brunch after okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> we protest and then we brunch <laughs> right does that sound really do you relate to that at all or is that not quite something you relate to and this shows how much of a nerd i am i have all of my senators or all my elected officials from my county and city commissioners all the way on up through my senators they're programmed into my phone so i can just click <laughs> That is next uh, level. I was I remember 
there was one thing, what was it, like a year ago? This was during the, this was last year, yeah, this was during the healthcare debate. And I remember they're like, call your local, I was like, okay, so literally, I'm calling, like, I don't know how many times. They keep giving you, like, the, the little answers or not picking up at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like, I had, I went from never calling to, like, I'm seriously, I clocked at least 30 calls. I'm like, this, is, <laughs> this ramps up, you know, kind of once you start, it doesn't seem as bizarre, but when you, that shift from being engaged and inactive, that's an interesting shift to look back. It totally plays into our earlier conversation of, it's intimidating, but once you do it, you realize, oh, okay, that was easy. Right. <laughs> I can do that again. Right. And, <laughs> right. That's big. That's really big, especially, like, when – because, you know, especially if it's like Florida, it's a transit state. So you have a lot of people who are not mm-hmm. from this country mm-hmm. or this state. So mm-hmm. it's really – it's difficult to feel that comfort level. You really do – it takes you a few years to kind of feel your way around. Like you said, like, it takes time to say, I'm a part of this community. This is where I'm going to put down my roots. Mm-hmm. That takes time. And so, yeah, you do have to kind of decide what your cause will be or what you're interested in, what's happening in your local community, and let that lead you. I remember I did, like, a research thing that took me to different polling locations during an election year a couple of years ago. And it was, like, five or six precincts. And you can tell the people who were new, they walk in the door halfway. Right. And not not quite know where to go and you know it just it was this kind of intimidation you kind of say welcome and come this way and the people were there to help greet them and it was just but when you're walking into that it's very intimidating mm-hmm. um you can tell that like deer in the headlights look like oh god right yeah. never before. <laughs> but i you know so having worked with the different especially the early voting staff that are out at these different sites because we've been training them for over a month now. They're just so excited and so eager to help any voter who walks in. And so if they encounter any issues where they're unsure of the answer, we have a team of people here in the office that they call and we figure it out together. So we just want to make sure that people can vote, right? That's in our mission statement. Right. How big is Orange County as compared to size of their, I guess, their reach? If you have, we have 200, do you know kind of where we stand? Is Miami-Dade the biggest? So I've been looking at a lot of the early voting numbers this week. So the top four counties, Broward has been on top pretty consistently as far as early voting turnout numbers. Mm Miami-Dade behind them, then Palm Beach, and then Orange County. And then like Hillsborough and Duval are pretty closely behind Orange. We're up there now. Oh, wow. This is just early voting numbers, but we're we're around 800,000 registered voters in Orange County. That was a huge task, a huge undertaking. Thank you for your work, ma'am. So appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of good people are really focused on helping, especially with voter turnout and trying to engage people. And more important to me, like to the point of intimidation, really respectfully, I really have noticed sort of the, the desire to help and try to make it as inclusive as possible. And I think mm-hmm. that's a positive. That's been there, but I find it's a bigger focus in the selection cycle. I find more people really wanting to be as inclusive as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. So thank you so, so much for making time to talk with me on a video. Oh, my gosh, of course. Video. I love it. This is awesome. <laughs> I Like you. I said, I love talking about this stuff, so. Happy to do it anytime. I love talking about it too and hearing from an expert. So we have good information, especially the notes about the voting because I know 
this is a question from UCF students on what their options are because it is tight, but there's still room for you to vote um, in this election. Yep. So thank you again. Oh, you have a good day, ma'am. Thank you. You as well. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.